Okay, good morning, everyone. We are in an exciting debate over here. Um, the Mishnah said that there's a requirement that the Kohen Gadol separate uh, for seven days. We've been calling that sequester. We don't have a better <coughs> word other than that. That he separate now we, uh, before Yom Kippur. And uh, the, the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol uh, do many services in the Beis HaMikdush, and you never have that requirement uh, that somebody uh, separate, leave their home, and uh, get ready for a week. So the question is, what's the source of that? Where does that come from? So uh, we had um, two different views. Um, we quoted um, uh, the view that that comes from the Miluyim, the inaugural, and uh, just like at the inaugural, that was a one-time event where they had to separate for a week, and Moshe Rabbeinu did the service. Uh, this uh, um, Yom Kippur, we're saying, is uh, similar to that, that they have to separate. It was a, uh, we were saying it's an idea of something the first time, it's something of a Kohen Gadol. Uh, the Gemara really wanted to know if that's the source. Uh, it doesn't say Yom Kippur, it just says that it brings atonement. Well, there are a number of holidays that we have bring atonement. Maybe it's Rosh Hashanah, maybe it's Shavuos. So that was really most of our discussion until now. Um, but uh, that, that all assumed that the source was the uh, inaugural, the Meluyim. But the Reish Lakish had one great question on that, which was, that the Meluyim, it had to, you had to do everything that was said there. It's an absolute requirement. And if you're saying that sequestering is an absolute requirement, why doesn't the substitute Kohen sequester? The whole idea of having a sub is if something happens to the Kohen Gadol, uh, someone could fill in. But if you're going to say that if you didn't sequester, we're not going to let you in because it's essential, uh, it doesn't seem like from the wording that the substitute Kohen has to sequester. So that was the question, the strong question that we had four lines from the bottom. So, uh, but at the end of the day, that's just a question. You could try to give an answer. You could say, maybe he does. It just didn't go into it. Why did it use a different word? Uh, that's, those questions have to be answered. But now the Gemara wants to introduce a new source uh, for the sequestering. And again, if you don't like the Meluyim source, what's your source? Four lines from the bottom on Gimel Ahmed Beis. 3B. Well, where do you learn out from? Again, it's in the Mishnah. What's your source? Um, let's see the Rashi. He says the source is, he learns from Harsinai, that before he got ready for Harsinai, the Pasuk says, Good morning, Steve. Three lines from the bottom on 3B. It says the glory of Hashem rested on Mount Harsinai. The mountain was covered with a cloud for six days. And the seventh day he, had, he could come in. Now, why, why did he have to be there if he was going to be outside? He, he's waiting, knocking on the cloud. Can I come in, right? And he's told, cool your heels, right? He's told, wait for six days. And the seventh day he can come in. So what is the process? You see that he had to be sequestered. He had to be separate from his wife, from, from Klausra. Uh, so my shesh is yamim. Why does the Torah teach us over here? Anytime a person, a human being, a flesh and blood, 
enters the intense presence of Hashem, the thick pre- Hashem is everywhere, but at certain places and certain times, his presence is is strong. Like it's much, it's felt in a much stronger way. Before you experience that, toin prishashishi, you got to have six days. So that's the source uh, for our Mishnah that uh, the Kohen Gadol needs. He's on Yom Kippur to go in the Holy of Holies. The reason that no one goes in there is because that's where the intense presence of Hashem is. That's where the Shekhinah is. It's not so simple to go in there um, uh, to go into the, so you need at least uh, six days to get ready. So Gemara says we got one problem. Vanan shivatanan. <laughs> That's a source for six days. Our Mishnah said seven days. What? Where? Why does the coin guttle need the extra day? So the Gemara answers. Masnisa uh, The reason you're right. Really, normally six days would be enough. But if a coin guttle is married and a coin guttle is married. Uh, and we're taking all precautions, so we need to separate him from his wife at least a week before. Because if his wife were to menstruate while he was having relations with her, it would take a week to get rid of the tumah. Uh, it, it, menstruation is something that not everybody, some women are somewhat regular, but there are surprises. And so were that to happen, uh, then he would have to, uh, it would take him a week. So to make sure that we don't have any surprises that would knock out the coin Goro, uh, we add an extra day in this way that he leaves from his wife that he's separate. Let's see the top Rashi on today's page. If it happened to be that he had relations with his wife, and she were to bleed when they were having relations, now he's going to be impure for a week. Like somebody had relations with a woman the wrong time of the month, and that would knock him out of the uh, of of Yom Kippur. So that's the reason for the extra day. So uh, now um, the two of them. Now we have the two opinions, Rabbi Yochanan and the two Chavrusa, the study partners, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, about the source of the sequester. Is does it have to do with the inaugural, or does it have to do with going into the intense presence of Hashem? And uh, that's the basic debate. So, now Rabbi Yochanan is going to find it out. It's good like me. I learn out the sequester from the inaugural. That's why it says, It says, what, what did the Kohen Gadol do there? He got sprinkled from every single paraduma ash that they ever had. If you, we've had that concept before. Um, they had multiple paradumas over the years, and uh, it was so complicated, maybe the, since it wasn't done every year, maybe the base didn't got it wrong, and the new one isn't potent. So what they did is they took saved a little bit from each batch to put in the Kohen Gadol's batch to give him a super-duper purity charge, just to make sure. So they, got, they gave him a spritz uh, from all... Uh, um, from everyone that they had there. Um, and uh, so you, the, that's, we learned that's part of the sequester, is to get the spritz. But to get spritz from every, uh, every paraduma they have available. Um, and let's do that, Rashi. Four lines up. Mikol Mikol para Every single cow they had, they would save a little bit. Mishmeres. Men offer a bachayl. They kept it. Kach shinu b'sekta spar. 
Vanishamati Efa Parushal Moshe Lokala. He yes. says, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's, uh, the ashes of Moshe Rabbeinu's para, like you would, it would never disappear. There was always more. Uh, it's a certain bracha that you take away from it and it's still there. It's like the candle. You take from the candle, the candle's still lit. It doesn't. And never uh, let it run out. And that, it, right. Well, it's almost like the other ones would get a little bit less, but Moshe Rabbeinu's one, like you took from it and you went back. Right. Hey, it doesn't look like you took anything. It's not missing. That, that's the way Rashi says. Um, but that would have been a miracle. So, uh, but at any rate, if that's true, so if this source is inaugural, so that's why, that's why you get spritzed. That's why the Mishnah says you get spritzed. Anami has And the inaugural, there was lots of spritzes over there too. El But according to you, the Yalfim Sinai, that it has to do with going to Mount Sinai and getting into intense presence of Hashem. When Moshe Rabbeinu was waiting out there on the cloud, he wasn't getting sprinkled. So why do we do this extra, all this heavy-duty sprinkling, all this heavy-duty purification, if, if, the, if the source is Harsinai, it doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu was, was, he was waiting up on the mountain on the cloud to come in. So that's his question. So let's see Reish Lakish's answer. Amalei, I love what his answer is. His answer is, well, according to you, it's not much better. Okay, Omelei Tameich. And he says, well, according to you, me nika, how is it good? Bemuluyim uh, dam. It's true there was sprinkling by Muluyim. Actually, it says over there that they sprinkled blood on them. Hachamayim, over here, it's water. So you don't come out so good either over here. You're telling me that, that your limud's much better than mine because in your limud from the inaugural, there was a sprinkling over there, and that's why we sprinkle. But that sprinkling was blood. This sprinkling is water. So don't ask me questions about Harsinai where there wasn't, doesn't mention a sprinkling. So the Gemara answers, Hello, Kasha, that's not a strong question. Why did Tani Rechia Niknis Umayim Tachazdam? Water can replace blood. Blood is thicker than water. Right? For sprinkling, uh, it could be that even though that sprinkling was with blood, it could be there's another sprinkling with water. That's not a, it's not a contradiction. It's not a strong question. You do find... Uh, a sprinkle, both of them are called sprinkling. Sprinkling with water, sprinkling with blood. So with me, you know, the, if the, the fact that we were not sprinkling with the same thing that they used in the inaugural, that's not a strong question. We can answer that. Uh, but according to you, was there any kind of sprinkling done at Harsinai? There wasn't. It doesn't mention that. He's waiting up there on Harsinai. No, no, there was no other coin there to sprinkle up. There was no, there was no paraduma that even. So, um, therefore, the question is, according to you, why do we, do, why do we sprinkle the coin? Uh, where does the Mishnah get that from? Amrile, he said, uh, that's not a question. Maila bi'alma. That's just a nice thing to do. Maila bi'alma means like, um, it's like an extra careful thing to do. You don't really need a source for that. You want the Kohen to be pure. You want him to realize that it's, he's going, it's going to be Yom Kippur. So there are a lot of, we've had this concept before. Maila Be'alma means there are things that are rigid requirements that are essential according to halacha. There are other things that add holiness. Uh, something similar to that would be like going to the mikvah. You know, whether it's not, it's not a mitzvah, Yom Kippur, there's, there's a very strong concept to go before. But there are a lot of times where people go, it's just an added holiness. Uh, there are things that we do that are just like extra, extra credit, Maila Bialma, that we do. Um, so that, that could be as well. Okay, fine. How, how, does, how does the Gemara know to say that? I mean, 
pull that out of a hat. <laughs> uh, well, let's do Rashi. My Labialma. Uh, we said that by Paraduma also that the sequester was a Mila. They just did it in honor of going in. You're going in to be a good thing to do that. An honor. So that doesn't fully answer your question, um, but it's interesting that concept. It, it, Rashi seems to say it's just an expression of honor, uh, to give a sprinkle. You want to honor the fact that you're going in, so we'll uh, we'll give you some extra. We'll we'll sprinkle you though. Yeah, I, I hear. There, there actually was a hazor by by Har Sinai though. It was in the Nasev Anishma ceremony at the end of Mishpatim, where Moshe sprinkled the entire nation. So that that implies that he sprinkled himself as well because he's part of the nation. That's an interesting uh, question. If uh, he if he sprinkled them, did he get sprinkled? But even if there was, but that's not something special for uh, the the Kohen Gadol or something special. In other words, we don't find that everybody sprinkles before Yom Kippur. So you have to have a proof that just specifically the one, um, you're saying he might have been already been taken care of. I hear. Yeah. So uh, it's it's an interesting question. I w- the thing that I thought is that the blood and water is the stronger question to me, which the Gemara just danced over that. Ah, oh, blood, water, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, but you, you find by Tuma that there are other similarities. Both blood and water can be metame, right? Those are, Correct, they're, yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're from the seven liquids that, that make Tame. So you want to say if they could make Tame, they could make pure too? Is that what you want to... Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. I mean, that's the whole idea. The whole, the whole idea of the Pura Duma is what? It's a contradiction. You know, what makes Tame makes Tahar and vice mm-hmm. versa. I see. Okay, yeah, I hear. Um... So it is, again, these are questions that each opinion would have to explain. So, uh, but we're not done. So again, we have these two views. We want to see who's right. It's a very strong debate. Do you learn out from the inaugural, from the Muluyim, or do you learn out from Harsina? So now the more is going to, uh, let's see who's right. Let's look at the other sources we have and see which Rabbi Yochan and Reish Lakish, which one is right. So <laughs> love the Gemara. Gemara is very even-handed. Tanya, uh, the Gemara is going to say, Tanya Kavasta de Reish Lakish, Tanya Kavasta de Reb Yochanan. We got proofs to both of them, not surprising. Okay. So let's take a look. And again, there may be differences. If, if one of them is right, it could be, uh, there'll be other times where, where this is needed or not needed, or is it essential, or is it just a mila? Is it just like a nice thing? And again, you would, if, if it's difficult, you wouldn't do it. So let's see. Let's bring a proof of Rabbi Yochanan that we learn now from the inaugural because it says like this. Uh, with this, Aaron will come uh, into uh, Yom Kippur when he's going to go into the Holy of Holies. Typically, you don't go into the Holy of Holies. It says no man should go in there. It's typically off limits. So how does he prepare himself? In my show, like what it says. What is that? in Like in the inaugural. What does it say over there? Aaron Pirashiva, Aaron separated seven days, and he, he, he did the service one day. And Moshe Rabbeinu was given to Aaron the whole seven days. Aaron got a week's training. So you see, the original sequester, the original uh, inaugural was. Maybe it's more like a training rather than an inaugural. But that's when you inaugurate somebody, you go through all the procedures. So he, he went, Moshe Rabbeinu, Af Lidoros, 
The same thing happens with the Kain Gadol. Parish Shivish Yamin. He's going to separate for seven days. Umishamish Yomechad. He's going to work for one day on Yom Kippur. Vishnei Tamid Chachamim and two Torah scholars. Mitalmid of Shemosha. The uh, Torah scholars are, are disciples of Moshe. Moshe basically was somebody who knew Torah and he trained Aaron. So too, the scholars that know all the rules, they will train uh, the future Kohen Gadol. Uh, well, who else is going to train the Kohen Gadol? Lafuke Tzedukim. He had to make sure that the Sadducees had a number of funny practices that seeped in. They even had renegade Kohanim Gadolim who were trying to sneak in Sadducee practices. <laughs> So they made sure that he was trained well. They gave him in order to prepare him. The word chinuch is the same as we train children. You had to train the coin gadol to know um, the, uh, you want to get every procedure right. And, and again, he had to know. They even trained him about the animals. Which animal was this and which animal was that? Which offering? Like he wanted, They trained him the whole week. From here you see, seven days, but we're right in the middle of the page on, on 4a. We separate him from his house. We take him to the special chamber called Parhedrin. And same way that we did this with the coin gadol, we also, uh, there's another time in history where we do this sep- special separating the Kohen. Uh, that's uh, the Kohen that burns the Paraduma, that doesn't have to be the Kohen Gadol, just the Paraduma burner. Sha'al that was a different chamber in the northwest. And both of them, love Koshiva. We give them the spritz all seven days, from whatever Paraduma ashes they have there. The Imtomer, and if you want to ask a question, but Muluyim Dam, in the, in the Muluyim, by the inaugural, they sprinkled blood, Vahachamayim, no problem, Amis Nixus Umayim Tachas Dam, the water replaces the blood. And uh, if the Omar, this word Viomar is a Gemara expression that we'll see many, many times. When, in the, many times in the middle of a teaching, um, if we, uh, we bring a proof, we like to bring more than one proof. Um, this makes Jewish law the Actually, secular law, Lahavdil does it too. Uh, they, when they want to build a case, they bring a number of uh, proofs. But um, in Jewish law, when, when you bring a proof, uh, you try to bring as many as you can. And if for whatever reason there's a weakness in one proof, when you see several uh, from several different angles, it becomes convincing, slam dunk, that this is true. So sometimes we'll see Vayomar, which means... In case that's not enough, I'll tell you another proof. So we have, uh, there's the, um, uh, the, this is the, the uh, brysa that shows, like Rabbi Yochanan, that the source for the sequester is the, uh, is the uh, inaugural, the meluyim. V'hai mezos I, the Morris says, well, this Pusik itself is really not extra to learn that out for. You need it to tell you itself. It's needed in general to tell you about the offerings that were made. Amri, ila korban lechud. Well, if it was only telling you about a korban, le mikra o ba'ela, my bazos. It could have said, or it could have used the word ba'ela. Why does it say zos? Shmamina tarti. When it says, with this he will come in. So with this, uh, 
it's it's interesting. Like you know, when you come as a guest, you bring. What do I need? To, what can I bring? Can I bring a bottle of wine? Can I bring? Uh, so what do I come with? So it says Aaron comes with. We tell you what kind of Corbin he should bring, and also with the sequester. Those are the two things. In other words, we're saying it could have said bring if it was just what do I bring on the holiday? What Corbin does the coin God will bring? It could have said Be'ela these, but when it says the word Zos, it implies. He has to also prepare uh, the week before with sequester. So that's the, uh, so there's room for, the, that's not a, there's room for more. It can tell you that he brings a Corbin, and it can also tell you that he's got a sequester. Okay, my Vyomer, then why do we need the second proof? Again, we said the word Vyomer means if this one is not convincing enough, I can even bring another one, uh, or, or this other one will help slam dunk this drusha. Because you could argue Yom Kippurim Kamu de Boy Well, maybe the very first Yom Kippur, the first time he went into the Holy of Holies, the first time in history where a human entered the Holy of Holies and came out alive, maybe that one needed Hafrash Kedashim Those are one time things. But how do you know every year, been there, done that? Who says you got to do it? Um, so that's why we needed another proof. It's true, we could have accepted the proof from the inaugural that there needed to be a sequester, but maybe that was only the very first time. You need to show us that every, every year a coin gadol needs to do this. Or inami coin gadol kamu, or maybe the very first coin gadol. Ava coin gadol biyama, lo, but not the ever. So that's why it says, toshema kasher asa. Okay, so fine, that's the end of the uh, basic proofs to Rabbi Yochanan, that the source for the coin gadol is the meluyim the inaugural, and uh, again, it has to do with the psukim and, and uh, the word zos and the uh, kasher asa of the psukim there by the inaugural. But that's Rabbi Yochanan. Tanya kavas Reish Lakish. Let's bring some proof to Reish Lakish, and we're going to enter a whole new area, which uh, is actually about Shavuos, about the receiving of the Torah, because Reish Lakish's proof was that when Moshe Rabbeinu entered the cloud, he had, a, he had to get ready beforehand. So we're going to examine the events of that day, which is uh, just very interesting. Um, Shavuos, uh, we all take it for granted. It kind of the, comes after Pesach. Almost anything is easy after Pesach. <laughs> so we just, it just happens, you know, if you want to be uh, extra special, you try to stay up late Shavuos night. But it's, uh, it's, we don't think about it too much. But actually, the Torah doesn't describe it that well. It does, it's a lot of details are mysterious. Some people say that's because the Torah is given, uh, it's not just a one-time thing, but whenever you study, Hashem gives you some Torah. It's like you're at Harsinai. Uh, but uh, the Torah doesn't have like a paragraph where it says, well, on this day, that you'll celebrate the giving of the Torah. That would have been great if the Torah... The Torah doesn't actually mention Kabbalah's Torah. It, it says, and, and it doesn't, it's not clear what the day is. And we're going to have a debate about which day the Torah was actually given. And it was given the first time, it was given the second time, what was given the first time, what was given, what were the tablets, what were the Ten Commandments. There are a lot of mystery about these events. And uh, on Ahmed Bey's, we're going to immerse ourselves in it uh, to try to figure it out. But we're going to see also there's more than one opinion about what exactly happened. So, but in that discussion, we'll have a proof to Reish Lakish that there is this basic concept that you have to prepare for a week before you enter the uh, intense presence of Hashem. So let's bring that proof. Moshe went in the cloud. And he disappeared in the cloud. 
he was covered in cloud. I don't know what we learned from there. Uh, but it could be that that's like a separate place. He was like, he was on cloud. I think when a person's real happy, we say he's on cloud. I don't know what's cloud nine or cloud. Uh, what? It's like daydream. I, I just wonder where the word nine came yeah, from. Cloud nine is like extreme happiness, right? You're just up there with the clouds. But why is it nine? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I, 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 never, I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> I see. But at any rate, he was up in the clouds. Like that was, uh, he had to be covered in cloud. Okay. But it means he was separate from everybody else, just like the coin Godot was separate. Uh, and, his Kaddish, and he got sanctified in the cloud. It's also interesting that the cloud makes you holy. In order that when he received the Torah, he was in holy. Um, and it says, the glory of Hashem rested on Harsinai. Now, when did this happen? This was the, uh, this happened after the Ten Commandments. Moshe went up. There's a debate here that it's not, there's a, a lot of confusion about what was before. See, Moshe Rabbeinu, um, there's the experience that Klai had with the giving of the Torah, the Sarasa Dibros, and then Moshe going up to bring down the tablets, to bring down the Lukos with the rest of the Torah in a, in a stronger form. And then and Moshe had gone up for 40 days. So there's an initial uh, going up at the beginning, and then there's a, a, a longer going up afterwards. And the question is on the timing of this particular verse, which the Torah doesn't say. So, so he says that the glory of Hashem came down. This was after the Aserah said, This was the beginning of the 40 days. The, this Moshe going up was not before Harsina. This was after. Rabbi Kiva says, no, He says, no, the glory of Hashem was on the mountain. That was from Rosh Chodesh. That was before the giving of the Torah. lahar, And then the cloud covered the mountain. So uh, we're having a big debate here about when this cloud came. Was it before uh, Shavuos or was it after? In other words, after Moshe definitely went up in the cloud to, to bring it down. But uh, this particular pasuk, what's the what? When was it? Vayikrael Moshe, he called to Moshe, Moshe, the Kol Yisrael Omdim, uh, and the whole Kol Yisrael was standing there and heard Hashem say, Moshe. Now, when you say a name twice, it's because you like it. Uh, when you say somebody, some, uh, it, it's uh, special to you when you say Moshe. Hashem wanted to show respect in front of Kol Yisrael that he had for Moshe Rabbeinu. Rav Nelson said, Something else is going on over here. That uh, when you a uh, person is full of food and drink, is, is full of, of physicality, Torah is all spiritual. So the reason Moshe had to go up there for a week was to get all the food out of his body. To make him like a divine angel. By the way, it, it may sound strange, but that's what we do on Yom Kippur. What makes us uh, like an angel is that we don't eat or drink, right? It's a, that's a, a concept that on Yom Kippur we, we focus on the angel side of us. We wear white. That's just like an angel. That's uh, Yom Kippur. We try to be an angel one day of the year, right? That's, that's part of that. So he says that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing in the cloud. He was right. become... In the cloud or, or 
when he was sequestered. Always, when he was sequestering to get up, yeah. When it, uh, so Rish Lakish is saying his sequester was in the cloud? Well, was, um, was yeah, it? yeah, he went up, he was right outside the cloud. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, he was right, right, he was right outside, but up on the mountain. Uh, but the question is the purpose of the sequester. So the first, the, the first thing was uh, that it was just a part of the ceremony was to show uh, that everybody... Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, definitely an, an amazing uh, leader, and uh, people, uh, when um, uh, Korach and others, there, there were... We've always had people that like to criticize our leaders. That's a Jewish trait. That's uh, a bad Jewish trait. Uh, but... Uh, so uh, Hashem wanted to show everybody at Har Sinai they shouldn't have any doubts that uh, Moshe was the man, that this was uh, all from Hashem. This this was not Moshe talking on his own. So that was the first thing that it was didn't. The second thing is that the purpose was to get the food out of him, to get to make him fully spiritual. Reb Masheb He said the purpose of putting him up there on the cloud was to scare the daylights out of him. In order that when the Torah was given, he would be fearful. Uh, it says that you serve Hashem with awe, and you rejoice, you're happy in fear. It's a funny term, happy in fear. My gil of arada, and that you rejoice and you're fearful. You... you, you in the place where you're happy, you have to have fear. Meaning that when you're rejoicing, you're, you're in awe and you're careful to respect Hashem at the same time. So the idea of having dual feelings. Uh, it's interesting, like if you're waiting outside on the cloud, uh, that that was to order to put the, you know, that would scare the heck out of you to be up there in the cloud and to experience, um, that's the, uh, that's what he wants to say. Um, there is uh, there is a Rashi. Let's take a look at that. What's going on with the fear? La ayamola. Why does he need to be afraid? So hunami He agrees that the purpose of separating Moshe was to separate him from people shetikolav. But why was he separate? So he said he was separate in order that he enter a fear biyoselavado. When a person is alone, Yavin, he thinks, A person needs to be in solitary confinement. Ponder. Ponder, that's right, that's right. Uh, you have to, sometimes when you're, I had, um, um, uh, whatever, I was, I was renting a car when I was traveling, and, um, uh, you know, when you rent a car, I didn't know how to work the radio, and I wasn't really interested in finding a channel that I wanted to listen to, and uh, I didn't, uh, I wasn't getting reception on my Wi-Fi, so I actually had to drive quietly. And, you know, when you're all alone, like, you know, you can't just waste your time with whatever chatters on the radio, you ponder. And it's really, it was very, it was very healthy. I enjoyed time to ponder. Uh, that, that it doesn't, um, uh, but another... There's also tremendous uncertainty. Like, here you are up on the mountain to have a meeting with the creator of the universe, and... Right, right. Did they know what was coming? In other words, did Moshe Rabbeinu know exactly, well, I'm going to come down, I'm going to give the Torah, like, did he get a summary, or he really didn't know, you know, like, maybe he didn't know exactly uh, what, what was going to happen. 
Uh, the Gemara uses like three words for fear. Ema, Resses, Bazia. Like one word's not enough. Fear, awe, uh, attention, whatever. But that's a concept. That's part of... Uh, there's, there's, um, there's no question that on the high holidays, when they, there's certain parts of the service where it's appropriate to feel awe. You know, who will live, who will die, the king. Like there's certain parts of the service where that's the... A person should just feel like the power of Hashem. But anyway, okay, back to Gemara. Um, but my commitment. So uh, what's this argument over here about the giving of the Torah? So, but my commitment, what are they arguing? And so the Gemara says, this is actually an earlier debate uh, that we're going to jump into as to when the Torah was given. Ditanya. One view is it was given on the sixth day of the month. It's really amazing that we don't, we don't even know for sure which day was the Torah given. There's a debate about that too. One view is it was the sixth of Sivan. Rabbi Yossi says, no, it was the seventh. He says it was given on the sixth. Um, it was given on the sixth. And then Moshe, the day after the Torah was given, Moshe went up to receive the tablets. According to the one the Torah was given on the seventh of Sivan, Beshiva Nitno, Beshiva Ola. It was given that day, and he went up that day. Because everybody agrees he went up. We're going to see, we're going to have to chart it out. But there's a whole uh, dynamic about when the tablets were broken and when he went up again to receive them. And uh, all of the historical days have to depend on the timing. So everybody agrees that he began. Uh, the 40 days on the, se- on the 7th. The only question is, was that the day after or the day of? And how, and how do we know? It says the 7th day. The Rav Yossi agrees with the Tanakhama. He says the Torah was given on the 6th. So this about the 7th day was after the Torah was given. So uh, that was um, uh, uh, the the cloud was covered. So and he called out to Moshe, why why did Moshe have to go up again? The Kabul Shar Torah. That's to get the rest of the Torah. In other words, the uh, the Torah was uh, um, was given like in stages, like the, and so Moshe went up to receive the rest. Because if that Pusik where Hashem's presence came down was before uh, the Torah was given, and he covered the mountain, and he called to Moshe to receive the Sarah he already got them. And the cloud was already gone. And uh, Rebbe Kiva, he holds like Rebbe Yossi, no, the Torah was given on the 7th. So, like Revi Kiva, it works out that 40 days afterwards was Shiva Asubatamas, and that's when the golden calf took place, and that's where the Luchos broke. Uh, you've got the, um, the 24 days of Sivan, besides the, uh, um, the six, and the six days of Thomas. Uh, that adds up to 40 days. The Havi Bahar, that he was on the mountain, uh, it worked it backwards. Then he came down on the uh, 16th of Thomas. And then he broke the, I'm sorry, Shitzer is the 17th. 
Shev Sar is uh, Shev is seven. The, and Sar is ten. Uh, the seventh year Thomas, he came down and broke the Luchos, which is typically how we. That's the tragedy of the of Shivasar Thomas is the golden calf and the breaking of the Luchos. But like Rav Yosi Aglili, who starts the whole thing a day early, Shisha Hefrisha, that um, uh, you got this. Uh, the, it was on the sixth day. The Prisha of Arboim Dahar, um, the separation and the forty days of the mountain. Ad Esim Betlas Thomas comes out on the twenty third of Thomas. Uh, lo esper luchos. Um, we don't. The, 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 the tablets were broken on the seventeenth, not on the twenty fourth. So how does he work out the the forty days? If you if you have an extra six days, if if there were six days after Harsinai before he went up for the forty, so it messes up the whole calculation. So He says no. He says the, the 40 days of, of the mountain include the six. Uh, so it's not six plus 40, which would make it past the 17th of Thomas, but it's six, including the 40. And it says he called out to Moshe, Messiah, Lazar, that's the proof to Rebbe Lazar. Lazar, Vikra, Moshe, Vikoyistra, Omdim, Klausra was standing, and he calls out Moshe, that the purpose of that was to. Give special recognition that Moshe is the man. Mesve, the Gemara has a question. Kolo, kol elav, Moshe shama, v'kol yisrael lo shama. When he called out to Moshe, only Moshe heard that. The, the people were at the foot of the mountain. They didn't hear that. So how can you say it was in order to show respect to, uh, to they should uh, see that Moshe is the man? They didn't hear it. So the Gemara said, lo kasha habasina al moed. No, the, the the private one was at the tent of the meeting. At the Harsinai, everybody heard. That's answer number one. Or lo kasha haba kriya haba dibor. There's two different words used. One is uh, kriya, one is dibor. Vayikra, um, uh, that everybody heard. Dibor, only uh, Moshe heard. Rezvika, Rami Krad, Rebbe Lazar, he asked a question from the Psukim on Rebbe Lazar. Omele, Omer, Zvika, Rebbe Lazar, Rami Ksivit says the following. Moshe couldn't come in because it was full of cloud. So the first Pusik sounds like you can't get into a cloud. A cloud keeps you out. But then the second Pusik says Moshe came into the cloud. So how does, how does I thought you can't enter a cloud. So he says, usually a, a human being can't go in a cloud, but here, like Hashem grabbed Moshe and pulled him in. He says a different answer. So this answer is, usually we, clouds we can't get in, but if Hashem pulls us in, then we could. uses the word in. Just like in the sea. We didn't enter the sea. Hashem made a path. Just like over there, there's a path. Here also there was a path. So Hashem like opened up the cloud. There's a cloud. There's a path in the cloud. That, that's the, uh, the second explanation. So two explanations as to how we got in. Why did he call him first and speak second? The Mora says, before you talk, you introduce yourself. In other words, first you call Moshe, Moshe, I want to have a word with you. Moshe said, comes in. He said, all right, now this is what you tell. But you don't start talking. There are certain people who they talk before they realize they have your attention. 
Uh, certain people, they have that. They're, they're going on and on and on. And you th- you're talking to me? Okay. Right. It's, uh, so, like, it's Derek Eretz. First, you tell the person, I got to have a word with you. This is the proof. Before you talk to somebody, uh, you call him. Lay how do you know when you talk to somebody you shouldn't say it until he says go ahead sometimes more properly can I have a word with you but we're always we're usually not that proper but you you call somebody and then he says what and then that means like you know that means uh, I, I'm ready to hear what you have to say so that's the, the, the those are just explanations of some of the words of the introduction to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai. Now the Moir makes a point, but the bottom line is that they both agree the Muluyim v'Kolakasim and Ma'akim. They agree that um, the that what happened at the um, this is a new question. And I was, after we finished our discussion of Har Sinai, we go back to the inaugural, and we said that the inaugural was essential. So why isn't the coin Gadol essential? But that sounds like everybody agreed that everything in the inaugural was essential. Where do we know that from? It's essential. Things that were done in future generations, Ma'akav Behan, were essential then. If they don't need to be done in future ceremonies, ain't Ma'akav Behan. So you see that there are two opinions. So Tistayim, it sounds like the Rav Yochan who Domer Kasev Ben Makabat. It sounds like he agreed that it's essential. They come Rav Shem Ben Lakish Rav Yochan Imai Meluim the Kol Kasev Makab. Because Reish Lakish's argument was, if everything was essential, so why isn't it essential that the Kohen Gadol sequester and the substitute Kohen Gadol sequester? Veloka Mahadev Ulo Midin, and he didn't answer him. Well, I hold it's not essential. So Yigmora says you're right. It does sound like Rav Yochan agrees that it's essential. So now the Gemara is back to addressing the issue of the, uh, whether what happened at the inaugural was essential or not. We'll stop right here at the last two words.